Hey guys, this episode is a little bit of a problem for me. Um, we recorded and there was a, there was some something wrong with the mixer, but I think the cable came loose or something. So throughout the entire episode, there's a loud chopping sound. Uh, so instead of just dumping the whole episode, I figured I'd just throw a disclaimer on it and give it to you guys. Um, if it's too distracting, I have put timestamps on there so you can find... Uh, topics you want to listen to if you don't want to listen to a full hour and a half of us sounding like we're being interrupted by the aliens from signs um so yeah i apologize and we'll we'll have a better episode for you next week uh thank you this is matt at obsessive viewer this is tiny at obsessive tiny and this is mike at i am mike white and welcome to ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. <laughs> the obsessive sports center. Yes. Yeah. Oh, geez, that's exactly. coming. Um, <laughs> obsessive sports fan. Yes. I guess that is me. I did have Man, an idea for after the Bears like that. lost that last game. I was a wreck. Really? It was a rough game. It was a that rough sucks. game. Mm-hmm. Just the way they lost it. Yeah. But we don't have to talk about that. Nah, we're fine. Uh. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Obsessive Viewer podcast, where we kind of we missed a week uh, because I had my gallbladder taken out. Thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, I know. God. Well, thank my gallbladder, man. It's I'll post a picture online. <laughs> I did. I <laughs> went to the I nice. went to the hospital after you had the surgery, and I thanked it. I was like, "This is your fault." <laughs> nice. I'm just I'm just gonna miss that gallbladder <laughs> so damn much. Me, oh. me too. Now I'm gonna cry. It's, it's okay. I have it resting in a pickle jar next to my bed. Um, <laughs> is it pickling? It is. It's it's weird. I'm gonna have. It's gonna be. It's gonna be good to go. Pretty soon. Yeah. If you've never if you've never had pickled gallbladder, you're really missing out. You really are. Delish. Oh, that's gross. Um, but all right. Before we get started, I just want to say thank you to Star Tissue for the music that you guys just heard. Um, again, they're great. You can find them on SoundCloud and on Facebook and all that stuff. I'll put links in the show notes. Uh, so how you guys been? I mean, we didn't do an episode last week because my gallbladder is a douchebag. Um, but you know, how, how have you guys been? It's good. I'm great. I'm great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good, good awesome. times. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the <laughs> thing. Listeners, we don't really have like a plan for this episode. Like this is just going to be kind of our own little... Kind of, I don't know. It's our it's our own little topicless episode, so we're just kind of gonna fly by the seat of our pants. Because um, frankly, I'm still a little tired and on Vicodin. Not really. I took a Vicodin last night, but nice. That was to help me sleep. <laughs> uh, the pain isn't isn't that bad. But oh man, I I took like the when I first came home, uh, my sister was like nearby, and I I took a I took a Vicodin. And then I got up because I was like, "Well, I better go to the bathroom before I before I uh, uh, go to sleep or whatever." And then it was just like I it was the closest I've ever come to completely blacking out. 
Wow. It wow. was so it was terrifying. Like I was like everything around me was closing in. I was like stumbling and trying like trying to grab onto everything and then and then finally I just kind of I finally just grab like I I yelled and my sister came in and she kind of like guided me to the to my desk chair and I was like that was that was that was bad. That was really so bad. Oh, you're saying it was awesome. It was <laughs> so awesome. Kids, if you can go to <laughs> No, but it was it was terrifying. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll cool it on the Vicodin for a while, um, mm. or just take a little bit and lay in bed. Yeah, that's what I did last night, and that worked fine. Right? Because um, I don't like I've never used recreational drugs or anything like that. So this is like I don't know. That was like that was like basically. Oh, hey, you have no tolerance for this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Other than um, alcohol. Oh so, right, right. So to start. <laughs> To start, sorry, sorry to end that conversation. No, no, that's fine. any more to say about the gallbladder? Um, no, I'll, I'll okay. miss you, golly. To <laughs> gross, don't name it. <laughs> uh, to start, we got a really uh, good amount of feedback from our Pixar episode, so thank you guys, listeners, for that. Um, yes. and thanks, Rob, for being on. Uh, a lot of good things were said about Rob, and you guys said that oh, he, he was, was insightful and interesting and funny, and, and we agreed. So oh, yeah. hopefully Thank we'll you. have him on again soon sometime. Absolutely. That was awesome. I, I really enjoyed having him on, and I loved having us all in studio. That was just great because, like, yeah. right now we're just over Skype right now because, I, I mean, me and Tiny couldn't meet up because, you know, I'm, like, half dead. But, um, <laughs> but no, it's it was it was good. It was, it was really good. We actually got yeah. some really good feedback from uh, – Craig over at the Intermission Podcast, he said that it was the best, probably the best sound quality that we have, which I thought was really nice because I was like really worried about the sound quality. <laughs> um, that's funny. Well, it makes sense because you don't have one Skyper. Yeah, that's true. But I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike, that's true. Just have to live down in Evansville. Yep. Yeah, I know. Ugh. Jk. Ugh. <laughs> um, I kind of want to treat this as kind of like just an extended potpourri section of an episode if you guys don't mind sure I like it um but before before we get started again um i kind of want to make an announcement for anyone listening who has a podcast the oscar nominations came out recently and the oscars are going to be airing on march what second so yeah yeah, so what, what i was what we were thinking about doing is having an oscar pool um, a podcast Oscar pool where if you have a podcast, you can submit one ballot of Oscar picks. I'll, 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 I'll you can contact me at, uh, ovpodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you the ballot. Uh, it'll be a ranked system of, of, uh, the, the point system for the ballots. Um, but if you have a podcast, each podcast can submit one single ballot. And then about a week or so before the Oscars, each podcast in the pool will submit a three to five minute audio clip of them discussing the nominees of a certain category that 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 I that we give to give you guys to discuss um so that way for our Oscar our pre-Oscar episode we'll have all of these other podcasts to cut into um for uh, for the um for the show for for the nominees so if you want to if you want to get at us on that, uh, like us on Facebook, contact us on Twitter, um, also email us at ovpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you'll find all that stuff at the end of the show too. But um, we're looking forward to doing it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Totally. Yeah. Sounds good. It'll be nice to kind of talk some smack to some other 
you know, have an actual competition going. Yeah, it'll be nice. Yeah. It'll be nice. And I'll, I'll throw up some money so that there's some kind of incentive to actually join the pool. Um, and then we'll uh, also, at the end of it, at the, we'll have the winning Oscar, um, the winning podcast come on and be on the show and, and talk to us about their picks and what they thought about the Oscars and all that stuff. Um, well, it's going to be us, so. Oh, uh, yeah, of course, yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> So speaking of Oscars, um, I, I always hesitate to publish my, my top movies of blank year lists because I'm always, I I don't see everything of course in 2013, but I feel in the year, I don't see everything in the year, but I always feel like if I publish it, if I send it out to the public, then that's it. It's set in stone. That is the list I made for that year at that time. So to like amend my lists, um, I, I always hesitate. So there's always like in movies or sorry, in January of every year, I'll see a few movies that are just kind of lost in limbo because I don't include them on my best of list at the end of the year, mm-hmm. but they didn't make the last year cause I didn't see them in 2013 or the year prior, given whatever year I do it. Do you guys experience this at all? Or do you do amend, amend your lists? Uh, I don't really even do like a top 10 list. I did this year for kind of just the, just the purposes of the podcast and blog and all that. But I don't really, I don't really do like a top 10 list cause I, I've never really published them before anywhere. Cause I know, I know you post, uh, uh, Facebook notes and all that. Uh, yeah. Same here. Really? I don't, I don't really, I don't usually do lists. So I'm not a big fan of, of I gotcha. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, then if you don't mind, I'll make this quick. Sure. Um, a couple of the movies that I've seen since I saw on January 2nd, uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, that was pretty good, wouldn't have made my top 10. Okay. Um, on the 9th of January, I saw The Wolf of Wall Street, and I have a feeling that might have made my top 10. Nice. Uh, I saw on the 16th, Her, oh, which yes. also might have made my top 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then on the 21st, Inside Lewin Davis absolutely would have made my top ten. Yeah, yeah, nice. nice. It was it was fantastic. I mean, it, it it floored me. I'm I'm a Coen Brothers fan as is, um, and man, I just love the mood of Lewin Davis. It was nice. just the music. Like the first time uh, Lewin Davis performs a song, I I turned to my wife in the theater and I was like, oh, I'm gonna love this movie. <laughs> I actually went home. Uh, and like the next night, I recorded a version of one of the songs just just for fun. I saw um, that. I, I haven't gotten a chance to check it out, but um, if you want, we should throw it up on the Facebook page. Uh, sure. Yeah. Sweet. That'd be fun. Cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It seems like um, just from I haven't really looked at the movie that much, but it seems like it's a uh, very singer songwriter type music. Like oh yeah, like a musician's kind of music. You know. Yes. Totally. Awesome. No. And that's I think that's one of one of a, a very under underappreciated aspect of Coen Brothers movies is sometimes they have really good music. Not always. Like No Country for Old Men, there's basically no music in it at all. Right. Yeah. Um but like uh Oh Brother Where Art Thou? I mean yeah. that has oh, yeah. fantastic music in it. Um and you know, the the Coen brothers just nail everything perfectly in my opinion. There I, I I always hesitate to pick favorites when it comes to movies, like favorite movie, favorite directors, favorite actors. I, I hesitate to do that, but sure. if I had to choose, for me, it would be the Coen Brothers as my favorite filmmakers, hands down. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, like I, I don't talk about them a lot, but uh, but yeah, I think you know they, they just nail everything. They're just borderline perfect, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so and I, can't, I can't wait to see it. 
Yeah, and while you might not like some of the music in some of their movies, I'd say there's something for for every. There's a movie where the soundtrack is for them, for everybody. You know exactly. what I mean? And I agree, they definitely are about their music and movies. Um, Inside exactly. Lewin Davis definitely spoke to me music wise. Nice. Mm-hmm. Is it like a kind of folksy kind of thing, or is it a specific? Yeah, it, it takes place in uh, the early 1960s, 1961, uh, just kind of when um, Bob Dylan broke and okay. just kind of that whole scene, Greenwich Village uh, uh-huh. in New York and, and all of that stuff. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And, and so Lewin Davis is basically this struggling musician. Uh, his partner actually died before the events of the movie, and so he's trying to make it as a solo folk artist. Uh, interestingly enough, on the soundtrack, all of the songs that are by Oscar Isaac, the guy who plays um, Lou and Davis, mm-hmm. uh, that are done from his past as a duo, his partner is is played by Marcus Mumford from Mumford & Sons. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, now Marcus Mumford isn't in the movie, but I, I like the idea that were he in the movie or were there a flashback, it would be played by Marcus Mumford. That's cool. Um, yeah, so nice. it's it nice. a great movie. Definitely, definitely would have been would have been like nine or ten on my list if I could do it again, if I could revise it, but I won't. Nice. That's cool. So no one gets like fed through a wood chip or anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I almost watched Fargo today, but I didn't. So that's Fargo's good. It is very good. I watched uh, In Bruges instead. Okay. Uh, I love that movie. Yeah, Mike, are you not a huge fan? In Bruges? Yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, it's a fantastic uh, movie. Yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, it's really good. I I, I hadn't seen it since the first time I saw it. And uh, not to, I, I don't mean to, you know, change subject or anything. No. But. It's what it's about. It's yeah. a natural conversation. Yeah. Um, no, it was the first time I'd seen it in a long time. And, mm-hmm. uh. I liked it a lot. I, I I remembered it being a little more funny, um, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't. Maybe I just keyed into the more serious aspects of it this time around. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a great movie. Uh, just right up until the end, the script is just really tight, um, and I love that. So it's a good one. Cool. Yeah. No. It's on the list. It's on that two hundred movie long list of movies I need to see. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Tiny. What do you think of Embers? Um, I just, I actually, I actually called it one of my favorite comedies of the last decade. Oh wow! That's how much. That's how much I loved Embers. Actually, um, nice. mm. uh, I think Colin Farrell's pretty underrated in his range. Um, mm-hmm. He has. I just, I would have never guessed him being so hilarious in a movie, but he yeah. was perfect in that movie, yeah. uh, as well as Brandon Gleeson. Uh, oh yeah. So it's a great movie. I love it. Cool. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Can I add? Can I add one more? Yeah, to, yeah. 2013. Oh, um, go nuts! Anchorman two might have made my worst list. Oh god! <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no! Because I know you you wrote or are writing a review. That yeah, you're post in the blog here. Soon. It'll it'll post tomorrow when when this. I think I'm gonna. It'll post. It'll post soon. If, okay. if it will it post before this episode? Um, probably not. It'll post. It'll post the day after this episode drops. Okay. Um, but yeah, I didn't. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it the worst, though. I wouldn't call it on the worst list, though. I thought it was pretty good, but... Oh, man. Under a like, heavy shadow. Yeah, if... Uh, oh, I don't, it was just so awful. I, I don't want to steal your review. Like I don't. Oh, go, go right ahead. It's, it's um, fine. Like, if The Hangover 2 is the gold standard for stupid, unnecessary sequels, I feel like <laughs> I like Hangover 2 better. Oh, wow. wow. There are so many parts of Anchorman that that Anchorman cringe. Literally every time uh, Rick would speak, I would like cringe because I I didn't want to hear the awful joke that he was about to use. Wow. Uh, there were some good uh, Ron Burgundy lines. I thought um, I really hated Champ Kine's background story. Mm-hmm. That was pretty stupid. Um, the whole thing with, with his boss um, I thought was unnecessary. Linda Jackson played by Making Good mm-hmm. was was pointless. Um, it was incredibly, incredibly disappointing. Yeah, I wouldn't... I don't know. I, it's funny because the movie was, was... I was really looking forward to it because, I mean, Anchorman 2, they, they brought everyone back. It seemed like it would be a good idea. The, like enough time had passed, but man, it just it. I left I left the theater with Anchorman. I saw Anchorman like multiple times in the theater, the first one, mm-hmm. and I left the theater thinking about it nonstop and quoting it nonstop. And quote, yeah. it's the most quotable, one of the most quotable comedies of the last ten, fifteen years. I mean, in the last ten, fifteen years, I'm going to call it the the quote champ. Yeah, absolutely. Really, yeah. truly. Yeah. So, leaving Anchorman two, it was like, all right, that was a movie that I just watched. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me stall on getting the review written. Um, I mean, I smiled and chuckled a couple of times. Yeah. It wasn't the worst movie of the year, but right. but I guess because of the shadow, it made it even worse. Yeah, absolutely. And there was no. The story was just too loose with, with, with just, there wasn't a big unifying thread. I mean, there was the whole cable news, 24-hour cable news thing, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the same as the women in the newsroom kind of, yeah. kind of thing. And um, I really thought they had something with, with, this, with the satire aspect. Yeah, totally. That they would just oh, kind of yeah. touch and then forget about, and yeah. then touch and then forget about. And so they, that was pretty disappointing. Yeah, and they, they made a big deal about about going into... This was my biggest complaint. I don't even think I put it in the review, but they made such a big deal about the the news team. This isn't a spoiler or anything, but the news team going into fluff pieces, you know? Yeah. Hmm. The end, the big climax of the first Anchorman is them talk like a panda being born. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're acting like it's like a groundbreaking thing for them. And that's what they did in the first one. I don't get it. Yeah, and when they're joking about like we'll do we'll do pieces on animals, the, like the first scene, he's talking about a squirrel on yeah. skis, water skis. Yo, that wow, joke was done in the first movie. Yeah, Ugh. there were two times I I laughed loudly. The first one was when he was practicing, which of course was just a Austin Powers style rehash of the first movie. Right. But when but when he goes, ah, they're coming in the back door. Save the children! <laughs> when he's warming up. Nice. And then at the end, when uh, Vince Vaughn takes his helmet off and he goes, 
uh, oh man, what does he say? Like, old McDonald had a farm, and then three guys in motorcycles showed up. You laughed at is that? that? What, is, is that what he said? I thought that was so I hilariously think, oh, stupid. Sure. I just, I don't, I don't want to get into spoilers or anything. Tiny, have you seen it yet? I No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Um, but the, 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 the scene, the sequence, I'll, I'll speak vaguely about this, but the sequence that, that scene that you just described, Mike, that, it, that that's at the end of, mm-hmm. I don't want to give it away cause it's kind of a big moment in this, in the movie, mm-hmm. but, but also not a surprise, not a surprise at all. And that's the problem is that it's, it's like they went, they were like, they did what all sequels do. They were like, okay, this worked in the first one. Let's do it again and let's do it bigger. Yeah. And that just did not that did not sit well with me. Yeah. Um Yep. Yeah. So it was, you know. Eh. Eh. Yeah. So moving on. Let's yeah. talk about two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Tiny, what uh what about you? What do you got going on? <laughs> um, I've actually I've had a really good uh, month this year as far as watching movies go. Um nice. I'm trying to after calculating all the movies I watched last year, I was it's always been a goal of mine to watch 365 movies in a year, and uh, I'm I'm trying to determine myself to do it this year. Like I'm really gonna try to do it this year. Nice. And uh, I'm doing really great so far, which I always have good Januarys. Um, right. I'm at uh, I'm at 40 movies so far. Whoa, dude! Yeah, yeah. Good for you. That's Four awesome. Months. Wow. I'm, and this is the 28th day of the month. Yep. <laughs> Holy crap! I'm trying to build a head of steam. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I've got um, 15. Oh, wow. wow. So yeah, I'm trying to um, trying to build a head of steam, trying to get ahead while I while I know I have you know a lot of enthusiasm for it, and thankfully it hasn't uh, it hasn't cheapened the experience. Like I'm not, nice. it doesn't. It's not like I'm. It's not a chore. I'm not like oh, I need to watch a movie today. It's not like right. that at all. Um, yeah. Nice. Of course, it could it could get like that in the future, but uh, it's right. great so far. Um, I've watched a lot of the Oscar nominees. Um, nice. One of the most of note in my opinion um that i kind of wanted to bring up was uh the butler um i refuse to call it lee daniels the butler because who the hell is lee daniels and who gives a shit? um i just i don't understand that uh yeah anyways um the problem i had with it um i'm gonna feel racist saying this it's like impossible not to because the whole movie's like a borderline guilt trip um it's 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 too much about race for me because it's it's sort of about this main character who the main character was he's like a borderline Uncle Tom almost he's he spent his entire life uh, serving white people essentially um, and a lot of them were very prejudiced racist white people uh, but he's kind of just distanced distanced himself from it for his entire career and uh, he you know he goes through his life serving the most powerful man in the world. Uh, for decades and decades, and they were all white men. Um, and it's it's an interesting idea for a movie. And so at the end, I was like, that was that was kind of interesting, but you know they they could have toned it down a little bit. And then I go to find out it's not even a true story. Oh, really? It's, no, it's what? all it's it's a huh. it's compiled stories from different butlers over the over this the span of the film the the, the time period they huh. chose to focus on. It's a it's a compilation of stories from different people. Oh wow! So that it really really kind of pissed me off after <laughs> I read that. Um, oh, I was really wow. really disappointed in that. Um, That's crazy. I don't know and how it was. I, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know it how was, I feel. It was just it was preachy to me because it's it seems like the characters in the film, every facet of their life was influenced by the fact that they were black, mm-hmm. and that's you know what I'm obviously I'm not a black guy. I'm not a minority. I don't know what it feels like to be a minority. Right. But I I I don't necessarily think it's like that. For obviously it was in the 1960s, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the 70s and, and such. But, I mean, even up into the 80s and 90s, is every single part of your life influenced by the fact that, you, the fact that you're a minority? I, yeah. it just, I, I don't know if it is. Maybe, maybe it's just naivete on my part, mm-hmm. but um, it, it just seemed really preachy to me. And, like, this this character, you know, he at the, at the end, he's all talking, you know, reflecting on his life, just like, you know, you would expect. And I just had a problem with it. I don't know. I think it was it would have been a more interesting story if they would have switched up some of the influences i guess i don't know it was uh yeah. it's definitely worth a watch though i mean mm-hmm. um uh forrest whitaker and oprah are both really good um i liked both of them a lot uh, and i liked the the actors they got to play the different presidents were were interesting um it was it was it's it's worth a watch definitely but uh nice i i don't know i had a bit of a problem with it yeah so. that wow that's that's interesting. Yeah. That's that's interesting though. Um, and coming off of yeah. you know us talking about Fruitvale Station, you're 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 not looking too good, Tiny. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That is a very tricky sub, a really tricky thing to get around. I mean, you can't really say it without sounding that way. But I mean, it's not it's not inherently racist or anything. I mean, right? I, I know. That, no, I know. But, I know plenty of black people, and even black people who grew up during that time period, mm-hmm. who don't. It doesn't seem like they're like that. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like right. they're they focus just on the fact that they're a black person or a minority. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. you can just have a conversation with somebody. It doesn't have to get racial. I don't know. It's just right. I don't know. Maybe it's like again. Maybe it's just my naivete. No. I don't on a relatively unrelated note, I also refuse to call it Lee Daniels the Butler. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same way I refuse to call Precious based by the novel Push by Sapphire. Yeah. <laughs> Precious based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Lee Daniels is precious based on the novel Push by <laughs> Sapphire. Sapphire's precious based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Starring <laughs> Gabourey Subaday. Oh, wow. I've, I've got it. Uh, Tyler Perry's Lee Daniels is the butler based on the novel Push by Sapphire an M. Night Shyamalan film. <laughs> I was gonna say a Marvel film, but that works too. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, when the when the Avengers Blu-ray came out, it was like Marvel's The Avengers by Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, I think it was Marvel presents Marvel's The Avengers. Yeah, yeah. yeah it said something like Marvel's The Avengers Marvel. And yeah, then, there might have been Marvel at another point, but yeah, it was. Yeah, Anyways. it's just it's weird. It's it's branding, I guess. Um, yeah. So you're listening you, you to you can't blame them, but it's funny to laugh about. Right, right, yeah. And you're listening to obsessiveviewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer <laughs> <laughs> by the obsessive viewer himself. By the obsessive viewer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, uh, Mike, you you liked American Hustle, kind of. Uh, it was okay. I didn't get it. Okay. I don't get the hype, and I actually read an article today. Um, I don't have it pulled up. You kind of sprung it on me, but I read it off of Yahoo uh, just about how it's like 
there's this whole group of people that didn't like American Hustle who are kind of in the closet about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. And and the, the article was about it's okay to come out and admit that you didn't like American <laughs> Hustle. That's awesome. <laughs> and oh, so I, I'm like shouting it loud and proud. I didn't like American Hustle. <laughs> I didn't like it. Me too. <laughs> Seriously, I'm glad that, that you brought that up because I didn't like it. And I, I, I've i actually said it a little bit. I haven't been a dick about it. But uh, I, I really – I am shocked that it's nominated for 10 Oscars. That boggles my mind. I don't know how, especially the screenplay. Uh, that That is absolutely – does not make any sense because I read um, – it was either an article where they interviewed one of the actors or it was from the IMDb trivia. It said – it was a quote where one of the actors was like, uh, was like, hey, I don't know if this is really going to make sense for the script if, if we take the character in this direction, if we in- improvise this way. And then David O. Russell said, all I care about is the characters, man. So just improvise it. The script doesn't matter. I was like, Ugh. what? Yep. You, you could totally tell that that yeah. was their attitude on the film. It was it was too improvised. It drove me nuts. Um, I'm I trying thought, to think of who I, who I said this to, but I said a lot of the same. Really? I feel like I might have said it on the podcast, but I, but I was I like, it, it felt like the work of a director who who doesn't know how to rein in his actors. There you go. Right. But I'm sorry, you were saying something. Go ahead. Um, uh, I thought Bradley Cooper was over the top. You know, I yes. think... especially. Especially, yeah. I mean, Christian Bale was fantastic. Um, uh, Amy Adams was really good. I, I thought there were plenty, plenty of parts in the movie that were actually really funny. Uh, Amy Adams, her her character pretends to be British uh, to con people, and she uses this. She uses a British accent that, to an American audience, is pretty passable. But like, if she went to London and tried to use that accent, they would be like, "What are you doing? Why are you using that horrible fake accent?" <laughs> yeah. And it's so many people buy it. It's so funny in the movie. I like that part of it, but it's just those two performances were good. But then, like Jennifer Lawrence, I don't, I don't really. I mean, she was fine. She wasn't bad. It's just I, I think the imp- improvisation just was a crutch for, or was a a downfall for her. I don't, I don't think it worked for her. And then Bradley Cooper was just all he was. He was too crazy. Like, yeah, he he was like he was like. I actually compare him to Michael Scott from The Office, which I know is a weird comparison. Okay. The reason I do it is because Michael Scott would have been in the, in real life. Michael Scott would have been fired after the first episode and not and been unemployed because right. he was so ridiculous. And Bradley Cooper's character was the same way. He was just too. He made the most crazy, ridiculous decisions. He confronted his boss way too, way too harshly. The dude would have gotten fired so quickly, and he was yeah. just. I just I could not get behind that that performance. Um, yeah. I just didn't. I, I was it, it just wasn't that great of a movie. I I don't get the why it's nominated for ten Oscars. I agree with you fully. Nice. The soundtrack was the best part. Yeah, it was. The good. soundtrack was fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. Dirty Work, St- Steely Dan, uh, Long Black Road, Yellow. There's the Wings' most popular song was in there. Live and Let Die. Yeah, I, I left it and I was like, oh man, this I got to put this soundtrack together and listen to it. <laughs> nice. Live and so, yeah. Let Die, the like, Bond song? I like that. What's that? Sorry, sorry. Uh, Live and Let Die, the Bond, the Bond song? Yeah. 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 Yep. Sweet, I love that. That's, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the performance. The, the performances were good for the most part, with the exception of Bradley Cooper. I, I think they deserve their nominations, but I, I've, I've never been very much of a David O. Russell fan. I thought The Fighter was hugely overrated. Um, 
some of his older movies were sort of okay for a beginning a beginning director like Three Kings was a was mm-hmm. a solid movie. Um, and I his best work in my opinion is uh, Silver Linings Playbook. That's oh yeah yeah that that is one of the best movies of the year that year. I, I wanted it to win the Oscar. I, uh, yeah, I love that movie. I did too. Right. And I think I think the erratic performances in that movie were perfect for that movie. Yeah. But he, they, they sort of carried over into this American Hustle movie, and it just didn't make sense. It, it didn't, it didn't fit, and I, it, it was part of the movie's downfall. So, I'll have to check it out because I haven't seen it yet. But I mean, I've heard, I've heard just really, I've heard mixed things. Like, like, and this is the worst I've heard of it. Uh, yeah. But I heard that also about the improvisation and stuff, and it, it has me a little intrigued to see it actually. Um, but I, I'm assume that I'll just be mad that it's you know uh, been nominated and so well received. Is that? Do you guys think that that's indicative of like the Academy just basically saying like, oh, this filmmaker did this thing and he did really well that time. Why don't we go ahead and show him some love this time around, like that kind of thing? It's collusion. Yeah. It's it's Hollywood yeah. collusion. It's like, yeah. well, we really really like this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you know, like a couple years ago when Sandra Bullock won the Oscar. Yeah. She was good. She deserved the nomination, but she won because everybody loves her. That's why she won, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and she. I mean, dis- she won because everybody liked her, even though she was in the great movie of a rich white woman's struggle to raise a, <laughs> a black man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have all kinds of complaints about that movie. But yeah, me too. Me too. That movie, when I was watching, I was like, "This movie is called Hey, White People Are Great." Yeah, <laughs> like, that's that's yeah. the name of the movie for me. Yeah. It's it's that's become the Oscars have become progressively less and less about merit. It's become about status. Yeah, you know where where you where you stand. I think when I first started really paying attention to the Oscars, uh, probably I think it was 2005 when Crash won the Oscar over right. some yep. uh, over uh, Brokeback Brokeback Mountain. Mountain. You watched that at my house. I did. We watched yeah, that together, I and I was just like, "What is this normal? Does this happen?" And <laughs> that's just how that's how the Oscars are now. And yep. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a shame. That was, but that happens. That happens often. I mean, that happened even before that. Like one of the biggest uh, controversies ever was when uh, was when Shakespeare in Love beat Saving Private Ryan. Right. right. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I specifically remember that year where Crash beat, which I love. I love Crash, but it's not Brokeback yeah. Mountain. Oh no! And I think oh, I've said it on this podcast before. If if I counted my top three movies of the two thousands, uh, that would be one of them. Nice. nice, along with Dark Knight, and I think I said The Departed. Yeah, awesome. Which The Departed that also gave uh, Martin Scorsese his first Oscar, right? Yes, right. Which that also that's insane because I mean uh-huh. the guys, yeah. Goodfellas, yeah, 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 agreed. So, so yeah, basically, it... here's our Academy Award bashing episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stay yeah. tuned in three weeks for when we do our Academy Award nominations episode. Yeah. Uh, but please, if you have a podcast, join our pool. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the only way that I can enjoy the Oscars is if I have a, have yeah. a chance to make money off of it. Well, there's that for me. I love the competition aspect of it, but really, I do 
there's some validation in when a movie that you love wins. There's something exciting about that for me. Yeah. And, and I know it's so much of it is collusion and politics, and I disagree with so much of the way it works. I really hate the the expanded best picture category. I think oh, yeah. that's stupid. Um, yeah. But – but what are you gonna do? It's it's fun. It's fun just to watch. Um, I started truly hating it in two thousand eight when The Dark Knight didn't get nominated, and yeah. Slumdog yeah. Millionaire just came out of nowhere. Well, I love Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> yeah, but you're a Danny Boyle. That's true. I'm a fanboy. Fanboy. That movie. That movie's all right. Are you saying Slumdog's better than The Dark Knight? Well, which movie has a more lasting impact? I'll say this, that they're vastly different movies. Vastly different. Yeah, and that's true. I'm not going to say that it's better than, it's empirically better than either, either one's empirically better than the other one. But for what the Oscars are, that pomp and, and just really, just kind of head up your ass kind of, kind of thing, mm-hmm. it fit for that. And I'm not justifying them for, for sliding Christopher Nolan or The Dark Knight or anything like that. I'm just saying that it makes sense for the Academy Awards that they would go with Slumdog Millionaire, a, a, a movie that's very safe instead of uh, what they perceive as, oh, this comic book movie that little kids are going to see. Well, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, The Dark Knight... Of course, as a nerd and as somebody who loved that movie, and there's a lot of people like me who who think that it got robbed. Right. Um, I'm going to say that that there are other movies that I think they could have gone with that still fit that mold. I mean, I know you're referring to uh, certain movies that want – like how Crash was a safer bet. Yeah. But No Country for Old Men, that is not really an Oscar type of movie. Million Dollar Baby is very grim. Uh, and um, Lord of the Rings is also a, f- a big fantasy movie, mm-hmm. so they are known to go against what you would expect. I just, I, I think more than anything, like I couldn't help watching Slumdog Millionaire without thinking, oh, this is that damn movie that yeah. made it so The Dark Knight didn't get nominated. Yeah, and it's. Well, Oh God! Slum, Slumdog Millionaire shouldn't have been as good as it was. I'll put it that way. Right. Danny Danny Boyle being attached to it is the greatest thing that ever happened to that movie. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. It it should have been a par mediocre kind of movie, but Danny Boyle is I I call him the Swiss Army knife of directors. He is absolutely the most reinventive, brilliant filmmaker, one of them that's working today, and so mm-hmm. I think. He just hit it out of the park. That's the only reason why that movie is so great. And any other director, I mean, uh, Danny Boyle just has a way of, of getting these incredible performances out of his out of his actors. And that's a movie that needed that because it's a lot of child actors and a lot of yeah. unknowns and, and, and stuff like that. And uh, that really came into play a lot in that movie. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at 2008, the Best Picture nominees. And it's such a, a shrug-worthy category that year. Really? Here we go. Slumdog Millionaire, the winner. Uh, curious Case of Benjamin Button, which Ugh. was a turd. Yeah. Uh, Frost Nixon, which was okay. I actually really liked Frost Nixon. You did? Was it I better did. than Slumdog or no? No. Okay. But I really liked I thought, it. I thought it was okay. Okay. Milk, which I loved. Still haven't seen it. And then Good. The Reader, which I never saw. 
The reader was really good. Oh, the reader is that uh, uh, Kate um, Winslet. Kate Winslet, the the Nazi. Yeah. Thing, yeah. I, Ralph I was, yeah. Uh, am I thinking of something else, or was Philip Seymour Hoffman in that? I don't think you. you no, know, he wasn't. No. Okay. Um. The yeah, reader was really good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The reader is where she falls in love with a kid or something. A kid yes. falls in love with a girl who was a guard at a concentration camp. That's right. right. Yeah, I don't really remember being. That and she she was kind of a simpleton. She was kind of she was illiterate, so he would read to her because she couldn't read. Oh yeah. And so it was an interesting look at the whole. I, I say this in quotations. Controversy of the whole. I was just following orders. Argument of World War Two. Okay. Because she was so simple-minded, she didn't understand the depth of that concept. Uh, it was an interesting movie for that reason. Okay. In my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Little tangent there. So, yeah. 2008. Weird, weird year. Right. Yeah. Weird year. Hmm. Um, um, but oh, then you get years like 2011 where The Artist won. I still haven't even seen The Artist. That was it's a bad good. year. Mm-hmm. It's good. But yeah. man, there, there were like The Descendants came out that year i think the descendants was my favorite uh and then moneyball was fantastic good yeah i agree speaking of moneyball how much do you guys want jonah hill to win an oscar i do so much me too it's so awesome that he's been nominated again i was thinking about that the other day that it's so cool that he can have this his career is just really impressive yeah (laughs) he's he's playing this duality to his career that's just really really impressive uh, the way he's juggling it yeah in that in that category i haven't seen all the nominees. i've seen all except uh jared leto in dallas buyers club and Mm so right now jonah hill's my favorite because i actually read the book wolf of wall street oh nice um, and he hit that character out of the park really he was he was perfect in that role absolutely perfect it's a really tight race and it's like looking at it it's probably my favorite race Uh um if if I were in charge, I wouldn't give it to Jonah Hill because as much as I love him and just, you know, coming from someone who loves comedy and knowing where he came from and like, I'd love to see him win. Uh, but Jared Leto is the favorite. And I think Michael Fassbender is my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I, between those three, I would say you can't go wrong. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to be disappointed if any of those three win. I'll put it that way. Okay. And then the other one is Barkhad Abdi from Captain Phillips. Who totally deserves a nomination? In my totally. Opinion. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Bradley that Cooper was... is is out of his league. Yeah. He yeah. he doesn't belong there. Nice. Yeah. So um, you you've seen you've seen Captain Phillips then, Mike? I've seen them all. Yeah. Actually, looking at this, nice. I, I nice. did see Captain Phillips. Yeah. Yeah, I loved. I think my favorite part of that movie was the perspective of it because it it presented both sides of the conflict. So yes. normally in that movie it would just be. You would have almost zero development of the villain, if you will, or the the antagonist. But they showed it from both points. They showed his side of the story, and that was it. Was so perfect for for garnering sympathy for the character for the villains yeah, of the movie, and it was so well done. Um, I, I credit that movie a lot for that. Yeah. You uh, you made the remark to me that it was kind of similar to kind of the opposite reaction that you had when you watched Fruitvale Station, which we talked about before. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, yeah. it, it sounds like an opposite of your critique of that. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's nice to see that. It's nice to see them give that kind of uh, that kind of screen time to, to, to both sides 
on something that's so that's so easily one sided. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, um, but J- Jared Leto was great, by the way. And yeah, I recommend got- Dallas Buyers Club. He's fantastic. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna watch it before the Oscars. Oh, I'm me too. To I'm gonna watch. A, I'm gonna see a bunch of them. Got, gonna go to the Keystone Arts Theater. Definitely. Nice. Ne- Nebraska came and went. And yeah, what in is Evansville? I, which I'm bummed about. I saw it playing somewhere, and I kind of, I like that. Um, oh wow. Um, Will Forte is in it. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I wouldn't expect him to be in a movie nominated for that. Yeah. But it's it's so so it's cool to think that. But I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't. That's like this year's Amor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know much about it either. So, hmm. um, good talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we we're we're also kind of like st- stealing some conversation from a couple weeks from now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah we should. Yeah. Um, since I've been out with my gallbladder and all that, I've just been watching a bunch of stuff, pretty much. Uh, so I just want kind of wanted to run through and talk about some of the stuff I've been watching. Um, I watched on Netflix. I watched uh, Jack Reacher, which I know Tiny was a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it a lot. I thought Tom Cruise was really good. Um, I'm kind of a little burnt out on the whole, oh, this guy is super good at what he does and he's going to go do it super well. Let's watch him kind of yeah. thing, you know? Good point. Good point. Um, and that actually kind of made me a little excited for Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's when that's supposed to be set when like Jack Ryan was starting out. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, it's also I can't I can't get excited about that movie at all. It's literally the only reason why I got excited for it. <laughs> um, and then I thought about doing like a double feature of Jack Ryan, or J- not Jack Ryan, but Jack Reacher and uh, Alex Cross. But who wants to watch Alex Cross? Oh, uh, please don't. Yeah. Um, then after Jack Jack Reacher, I keep wanting to say Jack Ryan. Um, I watched Fun Size. Have either of you guys watched Fun Size? No. No. Never I ever changed Halloween that. time. It, it, you know, straight to DVD or maybe yeah. not straight to DVD. It was in theaters for a little bit, just kind of just hidden away. Did it, did it video on demand at the same time? Maybe, maybe. It was something like that where it was like all over the websites I, I frequent. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I won't be watching that. Yeah. Never, ever change the fact that you've never watched it. <laughs> it's so bad. It'll, it'll probably be in my top, top 10 of the top 10 worst of the year. Yeah. Um, probably it's so it's like it's a Nickelodeon movie, which I, whatever I didn't expect that going in, but huh. I, I started watching it and it's like it's just awful. It's like the the character interactions are just are just not. It makes no sense. Like there's a there's a nerdy kid who is going out dressed as Alan or uh, um wow um Aaron Burr. Um, so he has like a little <laughs> he has a little musket thing, a hand like a gun. And so they're getting bullied or they're getting chased by some guy and he's like, he pulls the gun on him and he's like, it's a big crowd of people and he's like, don't worry, it's just not a real gun and he shoots it and he shoots chicken out of the guy's hand and then the guy runs away. Like, (laughs) the guy here, no, 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 the guy hears police sirens and then runs away. The guy who just got shot at. He's not, like, that makes no sense. Like, why, he, you just got, you just got shot at. Stay and wait for the police and have them come and make a report and press charges against them because that's negligence or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's other things like like the whole movie's about this girl who her little brother is lost or, or gets away from her as she's taking him trick-or-treating. He's like this little eight-year-old boy and then he wanders off to this convenience store and there's a whole subplot where he meets this like 25-year-old kind of kind of weird guy who works at the convenience store. So the guy realizes that he's alone and then he's like, oh, I'll just take you with me to go to my ex-girlfriend's house to TP her house and stuff. That's not creepy at all to take an eight, eight-year-old on Halloween night who's just stranded by himself to vandalize someone's house that's it's it just it everything about it just i hated it so much wow (laughs) yeah um and then i also watched 127 hours which we already talked about danny boyle and all that but i love that movie and i was like you know what having my gallbladder taken out under anesthesia i feel exactly what aaron ralston went through yeah <laughs> that's similar it is it is that's the same thing it, exactly that's the I same thing i don't know why he was such a bitch about it um, <laughs> <laughs> i am sorry i actually you know i actually really respect him i love that i love the movie and i read the book and all that yeah um let's see i watched a couple documentaries before that i want to go to uh passenger 57 Wow. I watched it totally on a whim. It's one of the most 90s movies I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so forgettable. Yeah. It's so bad. Is that Wesley Snipes? Yeah, Wesley Snipes. Always bet on uh. black. That's one of the lines. <laughs> I'm not being racist. Oh, my God. Um, Literally, that's one of the lines. <laughs> um, yeah, it's such a bad movie. Um, But then the kind of uh, the PA State Resistance, I guess of this is I watched two documentaries. Um, one is Mia Maxima Culpa silence in the house of God. Uh And if you're, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast and if you know me or anything, you know, I'm, I am an atheist. Um, and so Mia Maxima Culpa is basically about it's, it's, it's a documentary about the Catholic church and how the Catholic church has, has, um, has covered up priests child priests who molest children in 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 their in the church so it's a feel good movie it's no <laughs> hey it's such a hard watch they focus on a um a, a school for the deaf primarily in in throughout the whole documentary and about this this one priest in particular who molested all of these deaf children and it's just it's so heartbreaking because one of the deaf guys they like they interview him and everything and it kind of he wrote a letter to the vatican um and it's just they play they like they show parts of the letter and it's just heart-wrenching because he's he's at the school away from home his his only family is his mother and she's away and the priest who's molesting everyone he's like the only person at the school who can both speak and sign yeah so it's like there's there's a thing where it's like you told me that my mother hated me and that and that no one loved me and that i was i was trash or something like that and he's like you were the only person i could communicate with and i hate you for what you for um isolating me from the one person who i could love which was his mother and it was just it's such a heart-wrenching thing um and then they go into more detail about uh some of the other thing and about the about the catholic church in general and how they cover up hundreds and hundreds of cases of these of these horrible acts and uh 
Mm-hmm. It's just it's really despicable and it's so sickening and it's and they make they make no effort to stop it. Either. None, none. Like yeah. they uh in tiny like correct me if I'm getting this wrong but the the previous pope, Pope Benedict, uh who resigned yeah. last year, he before he before he was pope at one point he was he had a job where he was he was like he was the cardinal of Germany. Yeah, yeah, and he he requested or he had every instance of um pedophilia that's been that was reported within the Catholic Church sent to his desk. So hundreds of cases, not a single one of them was addressed or anything. And he sealed the files as well so they can't be it's they're sealed under international law of like yeah. it can't be investigated because it's part of it's part of like the Vatican archives. And so like yeah. They have completely con- complete control over that, and they don't have to open those records to any kind of investigative body. Yeah, it's it's so it's yeah. so horrifying, and it's and they they go into some of the more sickening aspects of it is that they they show they tell they like they they also had this guy who who was hired to kind of go all around the all around the world or wherever um, to kind of quietly quietly get these people who are who are making these claims or are um, coming out about the molestation to kind of give them a cash settlement and a non-disclosure agreement so they won't say anything to hurt the church. Um, and it's just, it's just so, so heartbreaking. Um, and then there was something else I was going to bring up about that, but I just forgot about it. Oh, they, they go into kind of some of the more, they kind of go into some of the demented, rationale that some of the priests say like the the main priest at the deaf school like they talk they talk about how he had um how he met with a a psychologist and they were like he was like there was there was rampant homosexuality in that school i would just go and i would administer i would do i would do my thing as they were sleeping so that they wouldn't have those urges anymore and it's like yeah it's like that that sickness in the brain to to actually try to justify that action is just it's despicable like it's it's so horrifying and then they even they even talk about how some some priests have said that like their their rationale or their justification is well they're boys they'll 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 forget about it they'll heal from it yeah it's like geez. and it's uh it's it's it makes me sick to my stomach to even think about it um mm. yeah uh and it was made it, i i watched the the um the documentary when it aired on HBO that's when I watched it about a year ago yeah and I um I went to Catholic school for a long time and I never I never there was no no reports of anything like that at the school that I went to but right. I understand how even though like the school that I went to it was very small and there was only uh, I think there's only like maybe 200 kids in the whole school and there's a principal of the school. But the head priest, uh, our, our head priest was just called Father. He was just the head priest. Some some uh, some parishes call them Monsignors. It just depends on. Uh, it's weird. I don't know. It's part of the old, ridiculous, outdated, archaic stuff that the Catholic Church does. But anyways, right. that priest has so much say over what that school does, even though he's not the principal. It's just I, I just remember being like, well, Father Mike wants us to do this, so we would do that. And of course, when you're eight years old, you don't question it because you don't know any better. But as an adult, when I think about it now, it bothers me so much because it's yeah. just 
it has nothing to do with education. It's all about doctrine. And yeah. it's it's not it's not healthy for an educative for an education environment. Um, yeah. And so in the movie, one of the most egregious things was that it was it was a deaf school, and obviously when you when a um, pedophile molests children, it's a lot. A lot of it's about power, and it's it's incredibly exploitative. They're they're exploiting the fact that they that children don't question adults, and that mm-hmm. adults have this power over kids. But it was especially bad because he was exploiting their disability. Yeah, which he was using their disabilities against them and corrupting them even further uh, because of their disabilities. And unless I unless I'm mistaken, I think. It was, it was like a K through twelve school, and I think even yeah. some of the older boys would molest some of the younger boys. He had, he had. Um, he would tell them to do it. I yeah, think. he he had basically been molesting molesting children all throughout throughout his time there. And it was once, decades. Yeah, decades. And once they grew up and became older boys, he basically had them molest the younger boys for him. Or it was this really, really just dis- disgusting hierarchy and uh, of that and it's it was mm-hmm. ugh, i i hated it it was it's it's a really eye-opening eye-opening documentary about um because a lot there's a lot of reports about it and everything but you don't really know how widespread and how just un widespread and uncombated it is and, and how corrupt it is how corrupt and it, yeah and it's like they show this really this really sad video clip of the adults of, of the, um, the deaf, the deaf kids as adults, they go to confront the priest at, at the uh, cottage where they, where he, uh, he would take them for the summer or something and take some of the boys for the summer. And then like, he would ask the boys to pick one of the boys to sleep in bed with him. Um, and just in the, he would, he would molest him. Uh, so then as adults, they go and confront him and they're like, you're going to go to prison right now. You're going to go to the jail and we're going to go to, um, go to the police station. You're going to confess. And he's like, no, that was a long time ago. Just let me live in peace. And then I think it's like his, his someone, someone's there with him. It's like his, his wife or his caregiver or something. Cause he's old and, and failing in health. Um, she's like, She's like just yelling at them, saying like, "Are you are you Catholic? Why don't you just go and go and forgive? Just forgive them. Let them live in peace." And they're oh. like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh man." They're like, "Do you understand what we're saying? Do you understand like what we're talking about?" And it's just this kind of, I don't. I'm not. I, I'll go on a tirade if I keep going, but it's just it's really disgusting and really something that something that people should really really watch. Um, just to see just how how despicable it is um mm-hmm. yeah Agreed. um yeah and then the other documentary i watched was uh the house i live in uh it's on netflix right now it's uh it's all about the war on drugs um huh. yeah it's it's really it's really good um um it's uh featured heavily is david simon who created the wire Oh. And he basically goes through, and they, he, and, and the director and, and uh, producer of the the documentary, they basically outline why the war on drugs is failing, and has failed from the beginning, and how it's uh, how it's basically just really um, lopsided, and how it's just like they go into like mandatory minimums and, and things like that, and how it's just why it's failed on every facet, and it's just it's a really fascinating. 
um, documentary. Um, and then they, like, they make the, they make some interesting analogies to, uh, how it's, how it's, how it's kind of the same as uh, David Simon called the war on drugs and, and the drug hold on, on Americans as a slow moving Holocaust. Wow. It's, it's really, I won't get into much detail about it, but check it out. The house I live in, the way that they, they reach that point is just, it's really, it's really interesting. Um, and it's really, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the war on drugs depicted or, or shown that well since the wire actually. Wow. Um, so definitely check that out if you're into that. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Um, does it mention the war on ending sentences with prepositions? <laughs> oh, that reminds me of House of Cards. Something. That, <laughs> um, uh, we gotta say it. I there's a joke on House of Cards. It's really crass. The on House of Cards, there, there's an old uh, an old joke that the uh, president of the Washington Herald in, in the show says to like the. Um, the empl- her employer or whatever it's uh the joke is two 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 college girls move into a dorm for the first time one's like this really southern country um country <laughs> uh country girl who's really like devoted to like religion and all that and then none of the ones kind of this kind of this uh yuppie like north northern girl or something like that so it's kind of like us our freshman year pretty much yeah <laughs> uh so the country girl asked the asked the other girl like hey where are y'all from and then the the like prissy girl is like we're from a place where we don't end and uh end sentences with prepositions all right yeah and then the girl's like oh i'm sorry where are y'all from <laughs> that's pretty good yeah Uh, that's pretty good uh so anyway well that's all that's all good and fine let's talk about tv yeah sweet my wife and i uh we've caught up on so many of our shows that we're really we're kind of struggling to find something new to watch we made it through American Horror Story, and so now we're kind of at a loss. Uh, you guys have any recommendations? Uh, oh, True Michael. Detective. True Detective. True Detective. That yeah, I I'm actually um, incredibly interested in that. Do watch it. I, I, I may have, I may have this wrong, but I I think I remember Matt telling me at one point that you're not real big on like cop shows. Uh, really? Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Okay. Well, I guess not. I guess. I guess not. More like, like cop procedurals. Yeah. No. Okay, it's not a procedural. It's not. It's okay. a serialized drama. You'll love it, dude. It's Okay. It even has some like light horror elements, I would say. Oh, definitely. Oh, now you're um, talking. Yeah, it dude, it's it's Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson. It's Can't phenomenal. Lose. Yeah. It's, All right. I've I've seen two episodes so far. I haven't watched the most recent one. Oh, wow. But cuz my freaking on demand wasn't working today, it that drove me sucks. nuts. Um so I've only seen two episodes, and I, I think I can already say – this is bold, but I think I can already say it's Matthew McConaughey's best work ever. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's how good I think it is. Did you see the movie Mud? I haven't watched that yet, no. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. it's the best thing you've seen him in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Nice. 
So it's it's and actually I, I don't even I don't even think the performances are the best part. I think it's the writing. Oh, absolutely. The, it's it's the best writing I've seen probably since The Wire. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's it's incredible. It's uh okay. well I won't give away anything for you Mike, but it's just basically that first episode is it's one of the first best first episodes I've seen of anything in a while. Uh-huh. Um, really? Yeah, just the way that they set up kind of the not necessarily the concept of the show, but the way that they set everything up, it's like, okay, I'm committed. Give me the other seven episodes that are going to air right now. It's cool. like that kind of thing. Is um, that what it is? Eight episodes? Yeah, it's eight episodes, and the creator, Nick Pelosi or whatever, he <laughs> used to be a, he used to be a writer for The Killing on AMC. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Yeah, and so they've also, they've already HBO hasn't renewed the show yet because what. Before, it's anthology style, is it not? That's what they're going for, I think. They're going to do, yeah. I think for season two, they'll probably do, or hopefully they'll do, um, more like an, another another set of detectives or something, another case, kind of just completely free from Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, uh, which I think could be perfect. It could be amazing. Me too. Sure. Um, one of the things that I'm liking about it is that it's it's, it's it tells its main story in flashbacks. I'll, I'll say that. Um, to the to the nineties, and they're tracking this killer in the nineties, and there's uh, there's some cool. It's kind of in the kind of in Louisiana, kind of in the Bayou, I would say, I guess. And they they make reference to Hurricane Andrew, which I probably said on the show before, but I was actually like in Florida when that happened, mm-hmm. so it's kind of nice to see that and see how that kind of uh see that depicted on screen as as like the fallout of that because i know that there was a lot of a ton of just destruction from that um so it's kind of nice to see that as a backdrop i guess mm-hmm. um and then just like like tiny said the performances are fantastic the writing is just incredible there's there's some really incredible and, and tiny you'll see this in the third episode too because I've seen, I watched the third episode today. There's some really incredible and like haunting monologues. Yeah. Um, that's just, mm. it, it's just really, really great. It's, uh, I'm so glad that HBO got it because, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah apparently it was, it was under a bidding war with, uh, FX and it, it oh, you're glad they can show boobs. Not so, well, uh, <laughs> There is a very um, yeah. <laughs> I'm more happy with the. It's they're able to fully depict the gruesome aspect of the murders. Absolutely, F- FX could get away with a lot of violence and like gore, but it's just not as well done as what they can do on HBO, yeah. and it's yeah. it's just perfect for HBO. Yeah, sure. it's cool. it's great. Um, yeah, all right. So yeah, in. definitely check that out. I'm and in. like Speaking I said, they, of, oh sorry, I was, that's okay. I was just gonna say that they they haven't renewed the show yet, but they did ink the the writer and or the creator in for a two-year overall deal with hbo um so i mean a renewal is just it's seconds away probably yeah um so yeah um tiny you mentioned your dvr not recording for whatever reason uh yesterday we were trying to watch the 200th episode of how i met your mother which we can talk about in a second if you guys want absolutely um and our our DVR or our TV, the the our cable box, the volume stopped working. Huh. Oh. It was just like a click click, and then the sound stopped working. Oh. And we had built up about fifteen minutes of the show. I like to kind of, I like to kind of like wait fifteen minutes before I watch the show. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So we can fast forward through the commercials. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so about halfway through, I, I turned it on, and our, our TV just went pop, pop. And for whatever reason, this the sound cut out. Oh, but it's not our TV because we were able to to keep watching on the PlayStation. Oh, nice. But, uh, so I was able to... I was able to find the show through other means, but um, yeah, so I'm kind of pissed about having to figure out what's wrong with the volume on my TV. But anyway, uh, have you guys all seen the 200th episode? Yes. yes. I, I loved it, it so much. Same here. It was here. so good. It's, so been a, good. it's been a, the first half of this season was pretty weak. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think everybody would agree with a that. A lot of filler. A lot yeah. of filler. A lot of, I mean, the whole season feels like a filler, to be oh, honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really fantastic. Yeah. A gem of an episode. It's, it hit all the right, it hit all the right parts, all the, all the right spots with, with me. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just, and also they still haven't said her name. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if they ever will. They will. I'm positive. They will in the finale. You think so? Yeah. I think here's what I'm wondering. Oh God. This is my question. Are, I, it is one, there is no doubt in my mind and and Craig Thomas and Carter Bays have have confirmed this absolutely that we will they will not meet Ted will not meet her until the last episode that right. I get that I'm fine I wouldn't I wouldn't want it any other way mm-hmm. my question is will he meet her at the beginning of the episode and then things will happen or do you think the show will end with him saying like hi I'm Ted and then that's it uh... I think I think we'll get a scene with them <laughs> Okay. Yeah. It'll kind of, and I think they've already shown a little bit of like kind of future scenes with them where they're right. they're already together and married and stuff. And I think the the very last scene of the show will be the seed for all of that. It will plant a seed for the beginning of their relationship, and you can just tell that they're going to make it after that first, yeah. after that little like maybe two three minute scene. That's what okay. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I really Matt? think. I really think the ending will be them meeting each other because the way that the style is, I mean, the entire final episode could be about them, could be about their relationship. Like that could yeah. be the finale, yeah. If that or or whatever, a big chunk of the finale, and then it could still end with them meeting because I mean that's just the way that the store, the way that the structure of the show is. Um, right. <clears throat> will it Will it end with the kids? Will they be in the last scene? Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, they will. Okay. Because we They're know actually, they filmed something for it. Yeah, they filmed. They filmed uh, when when they first started. They it was the second filmed, season. Yeah, they actually filmed a bunch of stuff with them and reaction. The they ending. actually yep. filmed like the official reaction. So I think it it might be maybe it'll end with them, or maybe what I kind of hope for is um, Mike. You did you ever watch Scrubs? Vaguely. Mm, okay. Well, at the end of Scrubs, and Tiny, I know that you've seen this. Um, uh-huh. At the end of Scrubs, like the end of Scrubs, there's no ninth season. Um, Agreed. There, the the end of the series was basically JD standing, standing in front of this drape thing, and he's having this fantasy because he has has just the whole show's cutaways of fantasies with him. But like his final fantasy, his last <laughs> fantasy, his last fantasy of the series is basically his vision of the future. Of where where he's gonna end up and all that stuff, and I think that's just a really touching kind of way to end the show. Um, 
So I think it'd be cool to see kind of a montage of of their relationship and like the finer points of their relationship and why they work together so well and how I met your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, which we, I mean, we saw like why they were getting a lot of that stuff. We are. Yeah. Like this episode yeah. is just so perfect for that. And I love that. The, I love the character stuff with her. Um, the whole, yeah. her boyfriend or whatever dying. I was really yeah. like that scene where she's, where she's asking him if, if she can move on and stuff like, like she's looking up oh, at the sky, yeah. dude. And yeah. that, it killed me, and then the fact that they were playing the music that they played um, at the end of the Time Travelers episode. Yep. That just that just tore me apart, and I was like, yep. "This is why I love this show. This is fantastic. why such such a beautiful performance that you would not necessarily expect to get in a sitcom." Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's always kind of been my favorite parts of the show as much as some of the like legendary pun intended funny parts of the show have been uh-huh. like my favorite moment of all time is probably uh marshall reacting to finding out his dad died oh yeah yeah those are like the best parts of the show I oh think. yeah and they and they always handle those moments with with grace mm-hmm. um and just like pure entertainment value it's it's always great yeah, mm-hmm. I remember before. Sorry, I remember before the season started, Carter Bays and Craig Thomas. They like they said. I think they were talking about this 200th episode. Actually, they were saying that what we're gonna show you guys is that How I Met Your Mother has been a drama this entire time, just in, yeah. in a sitcom disguise. Um, and that's exactly what they proved. It was just really well done. Yeah. yeah. If I had one complaint about the mother. Uh, it's that sometimes she and Ted have too much in common. Yeah. yeah. Like the little, little, little things they have in common, it's kind of like, okay, that's cute. But not everything has to be the same. Yeah. The, two two people finding each other that both happen to be into calligraphy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. No way. <laughs> um, but I... The, the, the final scene of the episode, not the after credit scene, which... Usually the after credit scene basically just influences the next episode for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really count that as the last scene. But the actual last scene before the credits where the mother is playing that just such a beautiful song on the on oh, the yeah, ukulele. It, yeah, and, uh, and Ted is just sitting there watching or just listening. The way they shot it and everything, it was just so... I keep saying the word beautiful, but it was really beautiful. Like, I, yeah. I can't believe... Ted didn't just hop over that wall and just want to meet that girl right there because right. that was just I just loved that so much. That's one of the complaints I've read about the episode. It didn't bother me so much, but Ted's the kind of guy to jump over there and say something. It didn't bother me. It, I didn't bother me. I just I don't know. I I was just yeah, like no, I know. How, how did and it didn't, do that? <laughs> and it didn't bother me either. Me neither. Okay. And but that is one of the complaints I've read, yeah. and I and I kind of see where people are coming from. Yeah. To to address those those um, uh, disagreements or whatever, um, those problems that I have it is I mean he's in the middle of dealing with Barney and Robin's wedding. I mean, yeah, he's, he's not. He's in really, a different place. Yeah. yeah, he's not. He's not the like. Oh, let's go find love, Ted. He's the. Oh, my love is leaving, <laughs> Ted. Yeah. Right. So. By the way, was there a tag? Because it cut off before. I don't think there was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. So yeah, that was a, that was a good episode. Uh, what other TV shows are you guys watching? Um, how about the fact that Community is freaking back? Yes, it oh, is. 
Oh, I love it so much. I meant to I meant to rewatch Troy's the Bon Troyage episode. Bon but yeah. man, you, you mentioned to me I can't remember if it was on the podcast or you just said it in person that the uh, that the first episode was not the return that you hoped for the return right. to form that you hoped for and I agreed fully. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last episode that had to do with Pierce's death was yeah yeah they they great. built they built to it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. it was really good. Um, and I'm I'm glad it's back. I can I still wish it would have had a full seat. It has a full season, but mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? Yeah. And I'm confident it's still gonna be executed well, and I think it's gonna be funny. But I'm I'm really disappointed with the departure of Troy. I mean, that's yeah. so obvious. Of course, I am. Everybody is. But yeah, I'm curious uh, how they're gonna handle it. Yeah, me too. Uh, um, yeah, I totally. I don't know about you guys, but I totally broke down when they were all saying goodbye to Troy. I totally oh, lost. It, it was sad. Oh yeah, beautiful. I didn't break down because I'm a man, but I'm kidding. I'm well, totally it's because of all the Vicodin. Yeah, Are you yeah. Sure they didn't remove your heart. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm saying that as a guy who just bawled at how I met your mother. So. Yeah. Uh, I love. Um, I love. I loved so much about that last episode. I loved the 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 real growth of Britta. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, and I love. I love that she kind of um, put put her her a type personality aside mm-hmm. and kind of realized that sh- she needed to pretend a little bit for the sake of Abed and she did some real psychology work for a change yeah you know I thought that was kind of cool um, yeah. clearly it was a great episode for Troy and Donald Glover but I also loved Abed kind of getting a peek we kind of got a peek behind the curtain there when he said uh, that it's real lava for him and he can't help that he's crazy, but he doesn't want people to know he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Incredible yeah. writing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I loved Britta too, because so often she, so often with her, you know, amateur psychology stuff, she's reaching so far in her theories. But with this one, she was, she was absolutely right in that they yep. weren't dealing with their, their their loss their separation she just had to alter her methods like you said yep. like she just had to go about it a little bit differently and it was so it was incredibly satisfying to see yeah i, I agree yeah nice. I agree. <sighs> yeah i loved it um yeah um uh, i've been do you mind if i switch subjects real quick sure yeah. cool. is it tv yeah oh yeah well I watched. I've been. I've been slowly rewatching House of Cards in preparation for the second season coming out. And wow, that's a couple weeks from now. Oh man, because <laughs> um, I've been rewatching the series or rewatching the first season. It's Netflix original show. Obviously, you can find my review on on obsessiveviewer dot com. But it's so good. It's so good. Nice. Um, but what I wanted to talk about with it was that Netflix did something really interesting. They put director commentaries on every episode on netflix that's so that's so crazy i'm so awesome i'm shocked it's fantastic i'm just so shocked that they're so how committed netflix is to what they're doing it's so refreshing me too i mean honestly (laughs) hell netflix netflix doing what they're doing is what made me start the blog and and what eventually (laughs) became the podcast like i had just i was so impressed by what they were doing that I was like, I need an outlet for what I'm thinking. <laughs> so I started the blog to post the how Netflix is changing television post. Um, 
but it's and it's so cool. I haven't seen any of the commentaries yet because, like an idiot, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna rewatch the entire series or well, rewatch the entire season, and then rewatch the rewatch it with commentaries and then watch season two. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm gonna be able to resist. But it's kind of a slap in the face to the people who bought the Blu-rays, though. Yeah, because <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Blu- Blu-rays and DVDs are bare bones. But I mean, it's on Netflix and it's it's so cool and it, they they really are changing the game. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little uh, anecdote about TV recently. Um, uh, it all starts uh, from my childhood. Um, no, I'm kidding. But when I was a kid, one thing I always used to do is come home from school, after school, and watch cartoons. Mm-hmm. I never. I was never the kid that got up at 7 a.m. on Saturdays and watched cartoons because I never got up at 7 a.m. on Saturdays. <laughs> um, so I would always watch my kind of cartoons after school and. Uh, the ones that I was into the most were the comic book ones. Uh, Spider-Man, X-Men was my favorite, and uh, Batman the Animated Series. Um, I think there were a couple other ones as well. And so the only reason that I know anything about comics is from those cartoons, because some of them are actually pretty accurate to the to the actual books uh, the cartoons are. Yeah. And so... Last weekend, or the weekend before, I was uh, just making kind of a standard trip to Walmart at like 3 in the morning because uh, <laughs> I work weird hours, and I was trying to stay awake so I didn't fall asleep too soon. It was, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it doesn't make sense. But anyways. Third shift. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was kind of just roaming around Walmart, basically, because there was nobody there. and just I spent like an hour at Walmart. It was weird. And so I was looking through the DVD section, and... You know, they have those giant bins. They have like a $10 value one, a $5 value one, and like a dollar one that just are just, they have DVDs just piled in them. Uh, and so I was looking through those and I found uh, volume one of uh, Batman, the animated series. Oh, nice. For $5? It was actually 10 10 and I looked on Amazon, and they're like eighteen ninety nine. So yeah, it was awesome. I was like, oh man, I used to watch this all the time. And I was looking on the back at like the episode list, and I was like, I think I might remember some of these a little bit. Nice. And so I just brought it home, and like the first volume has twenty eight episodes on it. It's wow. awesome. It's absolutely. It would be worth twenty bucks. You know, I would absolutely pay a full price for it. That and, show is uh, fantastic. It really, really is. It I'm is, so. It's transcendent. Even watch, yeah, watching it as an adult, I, I have all these nostalgic feelings for it, of course, but even just if I were watching it for the first time, I would be so impressed with it. The music is incredible. It uses uh, Danny Elfman's original score from the the Batman film in the 80s, 89 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's... I would say that's either on par or even better than what Hans Zimmer has done with the Dark Knight trilogy. That's, oh, wow. It is an incredible score, that original Danny Elfman score that he did for that movie. It's just perfect. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out Matt, you seemed a little taken aback. A little I'm gonna bit. go out and say it's better than the Hans Zimmer. Oh wow. I think I, I might I too. love Hans Zimmer. I love Hans yeah. Zimmer and the Dark Knight trilogy is leaps and bounds better than anything Tim Burton and certainly Joel Schumacher did. And, yeah. and the Dark Knight trilogy is better than the animated series. Mm-hmm. It's better than everything. Anything Batman, that is the best. Um, but it, it is one of like the most iconic scores, is that Absolutely. original okay. Tim Burton, Batman, Danny Elfman score. To be fair, I do prefer Hans Zimmer's uh, Inception and... and uh 
uh, well, Inception um, <laughs> score yeah. to, to anything else. So I yeah. thought his Inception okay. music was better than The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah me too. But it's that that music is just it just is Batman. It's yeah. so perfect, um, and it it fits really well with the the introduction credits that they put together for the cartoon. It's just perfect. Nice, and it's. The show is great because it has a uh, detective comics feel to it. It's uh, it's very noirish. Um, okay. Even there's even like in one of the episodes there was a diner and it was called like the Noir Diner or something like that. And it's just yeah. it was so perfect. It's like it's always nighttime and there's all the buildings are very Art Deco. Right, and there's like there's blimps, there's police blimps in the air, which is ridiculous, but it works so well for Gotham. Nice. And all the guys are wearing fedoras and double-breasted suits. It's just perfect. Um, I love it. And the voice the voice acting is fantastic. Uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker oh, yeah. is just, just perfect. Um, yeah. And then Kevin Conroy voices Batman so much better than Christian Bale ever has. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he uses Christian Bale just went raspy for the Batman voice, but mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy has has re- he he made it like uh, he used inflection and tone so much yes. better. That's it, what I was just gonna say. There's a tone change. It's a tone, and it's an He's attitude. Personable too. as Bruce Wayne, absolutely, and, and it's just slightly slightly higher and slightly warmer when he's Bruce Wayne, uh-huh. and then you know colder and and deeper when he's Batman. Yes. It's uh, it's it's just an incredibly well done, well done series. I absolutely recommend it. Nice. So, and I, I really, looked at. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the other three volumes too. Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I really love their work, Mark Hamill and, and Kevin Conroy's their work in the Arkham games. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 I then, remember uh, when when I might have told this during uh, during our Nolan retrospective, but when Batman Begins came out, because I was so familiar with the score because it was in both the movies or all of the movies mm-hmm. and um, the animated series. I remember like by the end of the movie saying, yeah, Batman Begins was pretty good, except they didn't use the theme. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was young. I was a high schooler. Yeah. It's kind of inspired me to look up some of the other cartoons, and I actually oh, nice. may have been fiscally a little bit irresponsible on my part, but uh, I went on eBay, and they had uh, a lot um, a lot purchased. It was all of the X Men animated series DVDs. Oh, wow. uh, I think it's like six volumes, and it was only like the highest bid at the time was like sixty one bucks, and I was like, dude, that's like six seasons for ten bucks a piece. That's pretty good. I'll just go ahead and put in a bid. It probably won't win, and I ended up winning it. Uh, <laughs> and that bid was cool. three hundred dollars. <laughs> no, it's actually like sixty eight. Okay, that's so not bad. it's it's totally. I, 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 it's been so much fun rewatching it. Uh, the Batman, the Batman one, and I, I like I said, I think the X Men one was actually my favorite. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm trying to find the Spider Man one, but I can't really find it anywhere. I don't know if it's yeah. There is there is no '90s Spider Man animated DVD. That sucks. It's only the there's the '60s one, Spider Man and His Amazing Friends, and that's it. Yeah. That's wow. It. Yeah. It's disappointing. That's that's one that I've wanted for a very long time. They have a lot on YouTube uh-huh. uh, that I've been able to kind of f- piece together and watch, but that that's the big one for me is the Spider-Man animated series. Yeah, nice. I loved that as a kid. Yeah, cool. The finale of that is so awesome. Do you remember, guy? I don't remember episode. All I, remember I don't know. Is yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, Mary Jane is kidnapped and taken to some other dimension. 
and I don't. I feel like it's. I feel like it's. It's a. I feel like it's a, the Spider Slayer that um, that Spider Man has to take down, but he can't take down all of them by himself. So he has to get a bunch of different Spider Men from different dimensions. Oh. To to take him down, one of them is like the doppelganger Spider Man with with eight arms. Uh, one of them has like a a silver costume on, and then one of them Spider Man is just a normal guy, but he's a celebrity. Uh-huh. And then and then in that world is Stan Lee, who created Spider Man, and so Spider Man and Stan Lee like go swinging around New York. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's that really sounds cool. really cool. Huh. Uh, Mike, have you watched um, the follow-up series to Batman, the animated series called uh, Batman Beyond? Have you watched that at all? You know, when it first came out, I watched a little bit of it. I I wish I could remember more about it, but it sounds intriguing. But I, I don't think I've, I haven't seen any of it. So it was good. Okay, it was good. I remember liking it, but it feeling different. I think the premise of it is it's it takes place in the future, and it's like Dick Grayson's son finds. Uh, like old reclusive Bruce Wayne and basically takes over the persona of Batman but he has like yeah. all these extra this futuristic extra equipment and powers Yeah, it sounds, it sounds kind of interesting and I guess it's like all new villains like the only I, I think Bane makes an appearance and maybe another classic Batman villain but everyone else is kind of new so maybe it's not as interesting for that reason but uh, it sounds intriguing yeah yes. so yeah I'm enjoying it a lot. Cool. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, we're at about... Uh, how long have we been talking? We're, we're at like about an hour and a half. Four yeah. hours or so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to bring up? Oh, there's plenty, but if yeah. we're out of time... Yeah. We, uh, we, we mightn't talk too much. Yeah, awesome. I don't really have anything else to say. Kind of sick yeah. of talking to you guys. <laughs> what's that kind of sick of talking to you guys yeah man. just kidding i missed this i felt bad that we didn't record last week yeah, yeah that's all right gotta do what we gotta do yeah me yeah. and mike it's a lot of shit back. <laughs> i can imagine we did yeah. i was in agony you guys <laughs> uh, yeah that would have been an awkward awkward episode like i would just be like yeah yeah so i watched her it was it was like the worst pain I've ever felt. It sucked. Oh, so you watched a pirate show? Sure. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. So yeah, um, that about does it, I guess. Should I count us out? Let's do it. Do it. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our improved um, uh, episode of the Obsessive Viewer podcast, presented by ObsessiveViewer dot com, where you can find all of our links or all of our. Uh, articles and reviews and things um, about movies and TV. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. I'm Matt at Obsessive Viewer. Tiny is at Obsessive Tiny. And Mike, of course, is at I am Mike White. Uh, you can also email us at ovpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to vote for us for Podcast of the Month on podcastland.com. They don't send you anything... Uh, without asking or anything like that. You just send your email, they mark it as a vote, and you're done. Um, And then also, if you have a podcast and you want to be in on the Oscar pool, uh, contact us at any of the aforementioned places. Also like us on Facebook, by the way. Um, 
other than that, you know, I'm looking forward to this Oscar poll, guys. Are you? Me too. Yeah, should be good. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Uh, can't wait to hear from you guys. So talk to you guys later. Thanks, guys. Amanda and I mm-hmm. uh, have are so caught up on all our shows, we have nothing to watch. So what do you Dude. have for me? Well, I was, oh. was going to say we can wait and talk about shows in a bit. Cause okay. <laughs> to Never cut mind. it. Sorry, man. I'm sorry, because I wanted to talk about some movie, some more movies. I wanted to sure. kind of divide it up. Is that cool with you guys? Sure. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, I mean, that was really good. So maybe I'll cut that and put it at the start of when we talk about TV. Well, I could just say it again. Yeah, do that again. Exactly, exactly how you did it. So let's let's talk okay, about so, TV. No, wait, bit. not yet. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay, I don't, okay. What do you have to say? Okay. Which that would be a good uh, segue, I guess. Uh, if you guys want to talk about TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, that's good. Uh, <laughs> you can go ahead and say your thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we should use your thing. Okay, well, speaking of it. my wife and I. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this show terrific. just took a turn. It really it did. did took a turn a while ago. We haven't been at this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> This is what happens when it's a week. Uh, yeah. Spit just went down my throat. Oh, <laughs> um, the damn gallbladder. I know.